is Jesus the Messiah? And if not him, then whom? I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm your host, Rabbi Jordan Parr. Is Jesus the Messiah? If you are a Christian, then the answer must be yes. If you are a Jew, the answer must be no. There is no middle ground. As with any debate, it behooves us to start at the beginning, to understand how the concept of the Messiah developed in Jewish thought prior to Jesus' day. By examining relevant biblical texts, we will see how this concept developed and for Christians led to declaring Jesus as the Messiah. While there are many verses that allude to Messianism in the Hebrew Bible, I'll focus on just three here. God's covenant with David, Isaiah's prediction of a possible virgin birth, and Malachi's proclamation of Elijah as the herald of the Messiah. We have already spoken at length in our podcast on covenants regarding the Davidic covenant. With this covenant found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, God promises that the seed of David shall never depart from the throne of Israel. There was a descendant of David on the throne of Judah for over 400 years until the Babylonian captivity. For the Jews of that day, it was inconceivable that the dynasty would ever end. And once the Jews did go into exile, it was their fervent prayer that the Davidic monarchy would soon be restored. The Messiah is the one who will restore the monarchy, rebuild the temple, and resurrect the dead, ushering in an era of peace and tranquility where all will live under divine sovereignty. Jews accept it as a fundamental belief. Christian scripture agreed but also link the Davidic monarchy to Jesus, as we shall soon see. There is also the matter of the virgin birth. We read in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. 
The operative verse is, of course, verse 23, which quotes Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. The word virgin comes to us via the Greek translation of the Tanakh, called the Greek translation is called the Septuagint, where the original Hebrew Ha'alma Hara was translated as Parthenos, a virgin. But the original Hebrew does not support this translation. Ha'alma means the young woman. Hala means pregnant and is, importantly, an adjective. Isaiah is speaking of a pregnant young woman, not a virgin who will, be, who will become pregnant in the future. The Septuagint, the Greek translation, is just wrong. The, the direct Hebrew translation into English is this. The pregnant young woman shall give birth to a son and call him Amanuel. God is with us. The prophecy in Isaiah's time is directed at King Ahaz, that he should trust in God, who will deliver victory to him against the kings of Israel and Aram, which is Damascus. They wanted Ahaz to join with them in fighting the Assyrians from 734 to 732 before the Common Era. Isaiah was not pleased that Ahaz had made Judah into an Assyrian vassal state. Naming the child Emmanuel is a sign, an act of faith. God delivered a temporary victory to King Ahaz. The Assyrian army besieged Jerusalem in 701 BCE, but did not conquer it. Jews see two problems with linking Jesus to this verse. One, the child is named Emmanuel, not Jesus. In Hebrew, the word Jesus, Yehoshua, means God is my salvation. Emmanuel means God is with us. The second problem is one of consistency. How could Jesus be born of a virgin, yet Joseph be his father? To a Jew, it's one or the other, and the Isaiah text does not support a virgin birth. To Jews, Jesus lived, but was fully human. We should also understand that in Judaism, prophecy was predictive for its time. It had no value in predicting events that may or may not occur hundreds of years later. Isaiah never envisioned that this prophecy would be mistranslated and later used as justification for the virgin birth of a Messiah. As Isaiah in the eighth century before the common era, never even knew the concept of a Messiah. By the time the Jews returned from Babylonian exile in the late sixth century before the Common Era, the concept of the Messiah was firmly rooted in Jewish thought. In the third chapter of Malachi, the final post-exilic prophet, he states in the name of God, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and awesome day of the eternal. And the eternal shall turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, so that when I come, I do not strike the entire land with utter destruction. Malachi, the last of the post-exilic prophets, is predicting a coming messianic time. Elijah the prophet will return to earth to herald the coming of the Messiah, the ending of generational strife will be the sign that the Messiah will come. 
It's the final test of humanity before this great and blessed age. Before we see how Christianity adopted these ideas, let's first acknowledge that the concept of Messianism was prevalent in Judaism at least five centuries before Jesus was born. This was an idea that was deeply rooted in the Jewish psyche. The Jews in Roman Judea were eager for a Messiah to arrive, for their life under Roman rule was brutal. And then Jesus appeared. Let's take a short break before we explore this further. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Before we return to our discussion of Messianism, I want to thank you for listening. Please remember to rate and review this episode, as well as previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, and other great podcasting sites. Also, please like us on Facebook. Now let's get back to our topic. How did the early church make Jesus the Christ, the Messiah? Using the same examples from the Hebrew Bible, let's first look at the Davidic covenant. It is no surprise that Matthew links Jesus' lineage to David. He has to do so if the Jews of his day were to accept Jesus. Consequently, Jesus' father Joseph becomes a descendant of David. There is, of course, no way to prove that Joseph descended from David, since the Davidic monarchy ended with the Babylonian captivity, and we have had no 2,100-year-old birth certificates. Perhaps there were descendants alive in his day, and perhaps in ours as well, but neither they nor we would have any way to know for sure. To link Joseph to David is then a matter of faith, but also the crucial connection for Matthew to establish Jesus as the legitimate Messiah. To summarize Matthew, Jesus qualifies as the Messiah because his earthly father is a descendant of David. We can check that box. Jesus qualifies as a recipient of the Davidic covenant. Using the Greek mistranslation of hara, alma hara, we already have seen how that became Parthenos, a virgin. Hara, an adjective, then became a future tense verb. As we have seen, Matthew uses this verse as the proof text for the virgin birth. Regarding the baby's name, Emmanuel, Luke solves this problem by having the angel Gabriel tell Mary that she will become pregnant and God will be with her. In Hebrew, Emmanuel. He does not say that Mary is a virgin and already pregnant. Rather, he says that she will become pregnant, and she does. Checkbox two. Luke gives us a more faithful interpretation of the Isaiah prophecy. Mary is a virgin at the time, but will conceive in the conventional way. Now, what about Malachi? Malachi prophesies that God will send Elijah the prophet to herald the coming of the Messiah. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, 
tells us that Elijah ascended to heaven alive in the chariot of fire in the midst of a whirlwind. Since Elijah never died, Jews have believed for centuries that Elijah would return and proclaim the Messiah. There are many, many rabbinic stories and folktales about Elijah still being on earth, working miracles. For Christians to proclaim Jesus as Messiah, he needs an Elijah. Here, Mark provides our link. In Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, we read, In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Matthew chapter three has a parallel version. Both place John the baptizer in the Elijah role, who announces, especially in Matthew, that one greater than he will come. In a nutshell, John as Malachi's Elijah. Matthew places Jesus in the Davidic lineage. He also claims that Jesus fulfills Isaiah's prophecy that a virgin will give birth. Luke tells Jesus' mother that God is with her, Emmanuel. And both Mark and Matthew make John the baptizer the Elijah figure, the herald of the Messiah. Taken together, their proof texts point to a Jesus predicated in the Hebrew Bible. For Christians then, the Hebrew Bible predicts the coming of Jesus as the Messiah. Jews, of course, have a different view. To Jews, scouring the Hebrew Bible for scriptural support is focused on supporting Jewish law and the telling of moral stories. Jews do not use the Hebrew Bible to predict the future. We use it to explain the past and support Jewish law. The Hebrew Bible is descriptive, not predictive. And so we will agree to disagree. When the Messiah comes, and we all pray for that, we will not know whether it is the first or second coming. It's all a matter of faith. Next week, our topic will be Israel, land and people. We're going to discuss what the land of Israel means to the Jewish people, and also talk more about Jewish peoplehood. This will be a discussion about the classic definition of Israel. Our discussion of the modern state of Israel is coming in a later episode. If you haven't heard our very first podcast, Who is a Jew? I highly recommend that you listen to it now. I hope that you can join us next week for this important topic. I want to thank you for listening to Torah for Christians. Please remember to rate and review this episode as well as previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, and other great podcasting sites. Also, you can like us on Facebook, where links to previous episodes are found. Have a great day, and remember, How good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. Till we see each other again. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. And this has been Torah for Christians.